Hey, everybody, this is Brian Scott, host of the Injured List podcast. Thanks for listening. Now, don't forget, we became a brand ambassador for SeatGeek. So shout out to them for sponsoring the podcast. What is SeatGeek, you ask? Well, they're a ticket app that takes confusion out of buying tickets. They put a 0 to 10 score on each ticket. So you know if you're getting a good or bad deal. Green good, red bad. My viewers get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my code InjuredListPod. So download the app. You can find it in the link in my description. And remember my code InjuredListPod to get $20 off your first SeatGeek order. And that can be to the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Coca-Cola 600, Major League Baseball, or an upcoming NFL football game that's right around the corner, you know. Great time of year to go ahead and get the tickets to that event you've been dying to go to. Use my code InjuredListPod using the SeatGeek app. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Injured List Podcast, Brian Scott. Hey everybody, what's up? Brian Scott, host of the Injured List podcast. And as usual, we have an awesome guest on today's episode, Mr. David Kitchen, Coach Kitch, as they like to call him, former football player at Susquehanna University. I was corrected earlier. Want to get that out of the gate early. And uh, man, podcaster, built not born podcast host, uh, Co-founder of or founder of Edge Leadership Academy, football player. I mean, the guy does it all. Uh, without further ado, let's bring him up to the stage, Coach Kitch. What's up, brother? Do you mind if I call you Coach? <laughs> Do you prefer Coach Kitch or? Yeah, it it doesn't matter, man. Everybody calls me <laughs> Kitch, Coach Kitch. No, I think the only person left that calls me by my first name is my mother when I'm in trouble. Okay, well, good to know. We won't do that. Uh, we're not reprimanding anybody on today's show. Um, so, so Kitch, you know, you're a strength and conditioning coach. That's the one key thing I left out. Um, so, you know, people always ask me, who do you have on your show? It's it's athletes, current, former, um, future, and then healthcare professionals. You kind of check a few of those boxes. Um, you're also a podcaster. Uh, you own a, a leadership academy, which you got to do like um, coaching and business coaching and leadership stuff. Uh, we'll get into that as well. But um, you wear a lot of hats, so you check off a lot of boxes for my guests. So I appreciate that. But let's start out with your background, where you came from, how you ended up where you are today. Yeah, man, it's uh, I'll, I'll try and give you the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you, you know, the first thing I always start out by saying is uh, I, I was given the best gift in the world, um, being that I was raised by a single parent and I was raised by my mother, who's an absolute savage in every sense of the word. <laughs> um, you know, she she is the toughest individual on the face of the planet. And so um was blessed to be to be born into that family and, you know, had the opportunity to grow up kind of in two chapters, right? So the first chapter was a little bit of turmoil, um, being that my stepfather at the time struggled with addiction. I never met my biological father. Um, so kind of was forced to grow up at a young age. 
flash forward a couple of years, uh, my mom was able to get us out of that situation. We ended up moving to Berwick, Pennsylvania. And uh, for anybody that's into high school football and into uh, kind of the tradition behind it, you know, Berwick is one of those places that if you check any top 25 list um, of most historical programs, you know, that's that's where I grew up. And and we're always on those lists. And, you know, it's one of those towns where, you know, your your fans will appreciate this. It's one of those towns where if you win, you don't pay for food. If you lose, you don't eat. Um, and so, you know, you <laughs> learn that at a young age. So I was, I was really fortunate, man, to be a part of that culture and and learn what teamwork and what winning look like at a very young age. Uh, you get indoctrinated there. I mean, you know, you workouts become non-negotiable, non-negotiable in about seventh grade in that town. Um, so once you get there, once you hit seventh grade, man, you're, you're in it. Um, and you're expected to, to be there, you know, every single day doing the work. And so I was fortunate to be a good player on a great team. Um, got to ride some coattails. So shout out to my teammates on that one. Um, and it landed me the opportunity to go to Susquehanna university. So I was actually highly recruited coming out as a junior, uh, and then ended up suffering a knee injury, tore my patellar tendon going into my senior year, had the, you know, didn't have the surgery that I should have had, um, decided to go against medical advice and play so that I could try and maintain the scholarship offers I had. Uh, cause again, coming from a single parent household, like if I don't get school paid for, I'm not going, yeah. um, so, you know, tried to play through it and just was never the same, yeah. uh, was never the same player again. And so it was fortunate that Susquehanna gave me an opportunity, small D3 school. Uh, it wasn't the D1 school that I had dreamed of. It wasn't, you know, where I thought I would end up. But, man, was it a blessing because I met some people there, you know, that set me up for life. And so, um, you know, played at Susquehanna, like I said, for two years, ended up blowing my knee two more times, same oh. knee. Uh, so after three surgeries, the doctor finally said, dude, we can't fix this again. Like if it happens again, you're, you're going to be like permanently injured. Was it the same um, injury all three times? Same injury. Yeah. Really? Patellar tendon three times. Wow. Yeah. Same time, same attachment, same spot, wow. everything. Um, and so, yeah, so they finally medically DQ'd me going into my junior year, um, which was hard, man. It was tough. Yeah. I, I was forced to, you know, figure out who I was and really take a long, hard look in the mirror. Um, you know, I was this kid that had this promising career and was supposed to be all these things. And then I go to a small school. I never start a single game, um, barely play, you know, and, and then my career ends like that. And yeah. so I was really I was shook. I didn't know who I was, you know, and so I um, was fortunate there. Like I said, I had some coaches and some people in my corner that kept me on the straight and narrow and helped me keep my head above water and focus. And, and for the first time, focus on being David instead of being Kitch, um, which was completely new to me. So, you know, got my academics together, uh, went from a 2.1 GPA my freshman year to graduating with a 3.0. So really nice. proud of that. Yeah, <laughs> certainly something to be proud of for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it was it was a complete shock to me. It was completely new. I went to school to play ball, man. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and uh, so after school, got into IT sales for a little bit. Hmm. And then from there, the coaching journey began, man. I, I was you know, selling IT systems, shirt and tie, <laughs> and I hated it. I oh, was yeah. so miserable. Yeah, I don't blame so you. Miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I beat it. It's tough, man. It's tough. You know, but uh got the opportunity to start coaching high school football, and I wasn't sure, you know, what I wanted to do with my life. I knew it wasn't sales, and then I got around the game again, and it was the first time I'd been around the game since I got hurt. So I didn't go to even my teammates. I'm. It's sad now, and I was in his wedding. He's one of my best friends, but I missed his All-American ceremony. Um, because I refuse to go to games. So you know, I, I, I'm sure he me. understands. I mean, that's a tough yeah. age to go through something like that and have all your hopes and aspirations cut, cut, literally cut out from under you. 
Um, no yeah. pun intended, but you know, I, I'm sure he, he gets it now. Looking back. Definitely, man. And he's a coach now too. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, it, it came full circle. Um, but yeah, got into, you know, got into high school coaching and, you know, I decided I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach and, and I didn't know how, I didn't even know that was a job really. Uh, so what I did is got on Google and I looked up all the strength <laughs> coaches on the East coast at division one schools. And I wrote them all a handwritten letter and said, I'll quit my job and come work for you for free. If you nice. just give me a chance. Um, and so I got, got my foot in the door at Robert Morris university, cool. you know, shout out Todd hammer. Um, and then from there, man, began the wild journey that was the next decade of my life, you know, moving across the country and, and, you know, making my way to division one. I'm one of the few people to be able to, to coach division one, um, in both football and men's basketball. Yeah. I was the youngest head strength coach in the country at 24 years old. Um, you know, and just had a phenomenal career, man, met phenomenal people, phenomenal student athletes, had a great experience, got to be at great institutions, um, and it led me to what I'm doing now, which I'm sure we'll get into, uh, you know, with the leadership stuff. But it's uh, it's been a wild ride. It's been a winding ride. But um, <laughs> it's not you know, over it's, yet. I wouldn't trade it for anything. No, not no, I'm just yet. getting started, man. This is the warm up. <laughs> You're this younger than me. Up. You've got plenty of time ahead of you. Um, <laughs> so, so strength and conditioning coach, what, what, did, where did you get your certification through? Because rumor has it that I used to be a strength and conditioning coach. Oh, wink, wink. Uh oh, word on the street. Word on the should street. We, should we pull up the practice exam here and see who, see who can uh, still remember the answers? <laughs> so I took it in grad school. I passed it first time. Um, probably never, ever used it after that and let it expire. <laughs> so if that tells you anything. Yeah. Um, mine was uh, CSCS uh, through the North that's, uh, that's what I had. National Academy of Sports Medicine, right? NASM. Uh, no, so NS, that would have been NS, NASC, NSC, uh, NSC, NSCA, NSCA, I'm National sorry, Strength and Conditioning to show you how much I used it. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. How, you know, you told us how you got into it. Um, what, so, uh, here's the big question, obviously, with, with the injured list podcast, we're always talking about injuries going from being a player who had those major injuries back to back to back, had to deal with all that lost, you know, your career to the injury. How did you incorporate your experiences dealing with that into your strength and conditioning coaching? Oh, it was, it was a, a trademark of what I did. Um, it immediately had a huge, as soon as I understood the amount of impact and the amount of influence that a strength and conditioning coach could have on mitigating injury risk, um, just by doing the basics and doing them savagely well um, and understanding, you know, just simple things like, posterior chain strength and understanding the ratio of hamstring to quad and all the things that ATs talk about. Um, you know, some of my ATs throughout my career probably hated me because I was the <laughs> guy that was in the gray area all the time. Yeah. Like I wanted to report daily. I wanted to talk about return to play protocols. Um, I had some, you know, some ATs that I worked with that were phenomenal. So we were able to kind of mold them together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a huge part of what I did, but not just physically, also psychologically, yeah. like the fact that I had gone through it, um, I felt that I was uniquely kind of set up to give the kids perspective. Absolutely. Um, so when these things would happen, you know, remind them that it's not a bad movie. It's just one bad scene, Yeah. you know, and that it's all part of your process. Right. And, and so I knew and I understood and I had been through that grind of rehabbing an injury and then getting injured again and rehabbing it. So I knew what that was like. Um, and so I was able to kind of lend that perspective you know, because when you're in month four, month five of an ACL or whatever, you just want to get back on the field, man. You just want to play again. Um, and unfortunately, you know, that's when you're at your most vulnerable, right? Is when you start thinking you can play again. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> exactly. you know, I was there to kind of pull the reins back. And and I think I, throughout my career, I'd, I'd be, you know, definitely, definitely sure to say that I, I saved some people from themselves. 
Oh, I'm sure you. I'm sure without a doubt you did. Um, the strength coach probably spent more time with the athletes than even the athletic trainers, especially um, the healthy ones. You know, um, a lot of times the healthy guys never came in the training room. Um, some guys purposely avoided the training room, but they certainly <laughs> didn't avoid the weight room. I'll tell you that. Um, so no. nobody knows the athletes better than the strength coach. A lot of times they were with them daily, if not hourly <laughs> in some cases. Yeah. I, I mean, we told, we told kids when they come on a recruiting visit, like the most important person that you're going to meet on campus is going to be your academic advisor. Your second most important person is going to be the strength coach <laughs> yeah, um, because it. those are going to be the two people that you're going to see the most. Yep. And yep. especially at the division one level um, and division three too, especially now with some of the new rules where we're allowed to be with them, you know, everything except summer. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we had our kids, you know, even when I was at the division three level, we had our kids almost year round. Yeah. Um, so you're seeing me three to five times a week, depending on the sport. Uh, so you better get to know me and you better get to like <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> well, get to know you at least. I don't know about like the like yeah. part, you know, give or take, you're going to have to deal with you. So, like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point, you know, um, it's kind of like a coach who's played, right? Uh, the, the athletes tend to gravitate toward those coaches. There tends to be a different type of rapport when you know the coach has been through what you're going through, when they have experience as uh, being an athlete and then come into the coaching world. Uh, I think it's very similar when you look at ATs or strength conditioning specialists. You know, if, if you know that they're coming from a background where they've been an athlete or gone through an injury, definitely led you, uh, leads a, a lot of street cred for you. And um, athletes, you know, understand that you've been through it. You've been on both sides of it. And, um, you know, you you can empathize probably a lot better than those professionals who maybe haven't had to deal with it uh, on a personal level. So um, I, I, I totally get it. Um, I, you know, had my own knee issues throughout the years of four surgeries in a span of three years, freshman year to junior year because of a skiing accident, which prevented me from doing any college sports, unfortunately. But, you know, that also helped me um, as an athletic trainer early in my career and, and even now as a PA. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code InjuredList to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. So tell me, now, we talked a little bit before this interview a while back, and you had an awesome story about how you kind of fell into this job where you were director of like this multi-thousand square foot training center and it's an awesome story and it's not something we all uh, are able to be fortunate enough to to have land in our lap um and the way you told the story was great um can you ex- uh, expand on that a little bit uh so you were at the college level you kind of <laughs> drifted away from that and then you got you found yourself in charge of this big facility go tell, tell us about that a little bit yeah so so that would have been uh man 20 2021 2020 um so it was right after the pandemic hit i had walked away from uh, my job at georgia southern decided i wanted to launch edge leadership academy so i got that off the ground got it up and running and about six months later i thought i was the king of the entrepreneurs like i was like man i am ready to build an, an empire like what's next you know i'm profitable in my first business i launched it in six months i'm a savage 
And so I got this opportunity because at that time I had a rule where I don't say no to meetings. Um, and because I was starting out in business, I had no idea what I was doing. So I'm like, I will say yes to every meeting that I get. So <laughs> through a series of meetings, I end up in a situation where there is a turnkey operation. Uh, so turnkey basically means all I need to do is show up. And the equipment had already been purchased through government grants. It was partnered with a nonprofit situation. So there was no lease to buy. There was no building to buy. Um, and so essentially, they were handing a guy who had never run a gym, had been a strength coach, but had never run his own facility. Uh, they were handing me the keys to a 22,000 square foot facility filled with top of the line equipment, uh, batting cages, spins classes, boxing area. Um, all of this donated and purchased through government grants and through, um, you know, community partners and things like that. I don't want to name drop anyone, but sure. um, it, it was a, a playground to say the least. And, and so I, I walked into this and I had a business partner at the time um, who was going to partner with me on this. And he was basically going to handle the operation side, the business side, because I knew nothing. And he <laughs> said, all you got to do is basically run the hype train. Like your job was marketing, get people in the door and then coach the groups and kind of oversee the facility. Like you didn't have, I wasn't supposed to do any of the back end business stuff. None of that was my job. And about a month before we opened, he opened another location. So he now had three locations that he had on top of the one that we were opening, oh, no. ours being the <laughs> largest. And so we got a month away from opening day. We, we get everything set up. We open the facility and he tells me, hey, man, I, I can't I got to step away. I have too much going on in my other facilities. And so now I'm by myself. And so <laughs> sure. I'm trying to run this place and figure it out. Um, and I, I just had no clue what I was doing from the business side. Like I just yeah. didn't understand enough of the ins and outs. Um, and on top of it, the building that we were in, because obviously it's it's nonprofit, we're, we're partnered with a nonprofit. So we're giving them a majority of our of our money like we can only take in so much revenue for them to keep their nonprofit status like it was a really weird scenario <laughs> and uh one day i come in and the roof is leaking and there's literally like three inches of water on the entire gym floor and i'm just like i don't know what to do i've never dealt with this before i have no clue you know in, in the college world you call the facilities guy like i'm like yeah. what are we doing yeah, get maintenance so we're in there yeah we're in there with shop vacs and like we have classes starting and training sessions starting in like 30 minutes. And so it's me. And I went and found an unpaid intern from a local university, brought him in, promised him I'd find him a job after he finished with me. I was like, dude, just come work for me for the summer. I will find you a job. And uh poor guy probably works 60 hours a week at least. <laughs> um, and luckily he has a job now. Good. But uh, yeah, man, it was it was a wild ride, you know, but it, it was the right move for me yeah. um, because it got me it got my feet wet in entrepreneurship. Every entrepreneur needs that story of like the one that you messed up. Um, the, you know, the, the classic failure story, right. And it wasn't even technically a failure. I walked away with like 11 grand, I think. Okay. Um, so I think I, I ended up okay. Um, but it got me the opportunity to meet with a lot of people, got me the opportunity to, to be in a lot of the right rooms and ultimately set some things up for my business down the road. So it was the longest 11 months um, of my business career <laughs> and it was not something that I would like to revisit. Um, yeah. but you know, but it's, it's cool to be able to say, you know, I, I opened and closed a 22,000 square foot gym in less than 12 months. Yeah. And that's not, that's not a small place and no, no, but, the, uh, uh, you know, it's, 
sometimes it's the, the glory is not quite what it is on the outside. <laughs> oh man, I, I was so <laughs> excited. I was so excited leading up to it. I was showing pictures to everybody. I'm like, oh dude, this is this is it. I'm coming for you. Exos and fusion gyms and all the big gym. I'm like, I'm coming for you. And then 11 months later, I did not let the door hit me on the way out. I was out of there. <laughs> like, Beeline out. Yeah, I, I gotta go. <laughs> That's awesome. That was a funny story. I remember you telling me about that earlier. Um, yeah, so so it was and then shortly after that. Where did you find yourself? I mean, at that point, you're like, okay, um, that didn't go as planned. Um, <laughs> yeah, where do I, 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 go, I, where I, do I go from here? <laughs> I, I jumped back. I jumped back into Edge. So I, I was fortunate because um, I had the leadership business up and running um, to a point where I was able to step away and focus on not step away, but take a step back sure. and and focus on the gym for for that. You know what ended up being eleven months. It's supposed to be a few months. I think my business partners in the leadership business were counting the days. Um, and they're like, dude, this is the longest six months I've ever heard of. Um, you know, but was able to get right back in there and just pick up where we left off. Um, you know, so so from there, went full time back into the consulting and leadership coaching, business coaching, some of the different things that we were doing with Edge. Uh, immediately started expanding, brought another partner on, was able to launch a corporate division. Um, we started doing a lot of corporate training, things like that. Um, and then from there, Actually, I got a phone call. So again, this is just me being me. I never, never say no to opportunities. Um, <laughs> you know, so we we built the business up. The corporate side starts to take off. My business partner, who's running the corporate training side, is like, "Hey, man, I'm this is going pretty well. You know, I don't need you as much right now." And I'm like, "Okay." So I get a phone call, and it's my alma mater, it's Susquehanna, and they say, "Hey, our our head strength coach job is open. Um, we know you're not coaching right now, but we heard you were back in the area. Are you interested?" And <laughs> you know, my immediate response was can I still have my business? Like, are you okay with me running the leadership business? You know, I'm not going to, there's going to be times where I'm not going to be there. I have to travel this, that, and the other. And they were like, yeah, we fully support it. Um, so I ended up coaching for another year um, at Susquehanna, got found my way back to the sidelines, found nice. my way back to the weight room, um, did that for a year. And, and here we are, man. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I think the coaching bug, once it gets in you, um, it's hard to walk away from, yeah. you know, and so it'll always be a part of me, man. And I, I tell people now I'm still a coach. Like, yeah. even though I do what I do, even though I'm a businessman and I'm involved in other other companies and things, I'm I'll always be a coach. Yeah, I feel the same about athletic training. I mean, I'm a PA now and I don't really get on the field much anymore, but I, I could tape an ankle like I like I could yesterday. I know I can. Yeah, and, um, it's 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, so this morning I was reading I'm reading business stuff and then somebody sent me a blog about. Uh, velocity-based training. And so all of a sudden I'm sitting here and I'm on one screen, I have cap rates and real estate information on the other <laughs> screen. I have velocity-based training. Nice. So it's, it's always going to be in me. Um, you know, it's always going to be a part of who I am. And, and people still ask me like, are you really done? Like, you know, what would it take <laughs> to get you back? And I'm like, man, it would have to be something special. It would have to be uh, the right time, the right scenario. You know, I do have some friends that are, are on the trajectory um, to becoming head coaches and, and they joke with me and they say, dude, if you don't answer the phone when I call, <laughs> I'm like, man, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to Can't wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So tell, tell, yeah. tell for our listeners who are, who are out there who are looking for some advice, um, maybe they're an athlete and they're looking to get into the gym more or change some of their off season or in season conditioning and strength training programs or looking to work with a coach. What, what types of tips, what types of advice do you have? And also from an injury uh, prevention uh, standpoint, any, any like tips and tricks for them? 
Definitely. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. Um, biggest thing that I learned in my entire career was the KISS method, right? Keep yeah. it simple, stupid. <laughs> um, so at the end of the day, you know, progressive overload, three by five, four by five, five by five, it works. It's boring. Um, but they work, you yeah. know, the basics are boring and they're, and they're the basics for a reason because they form the foundation. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the biggest thing, you know, that we always emphasize in our programs, wherever I was, was always, you know, movement, over over max right so it's always movements over maxes um don't chase those numbers you know make sure the movement proficiency is there um so you want to you want to build up to a point where you're competent in a movement meaning that you can own that position right then you want to move to a point of capacity where you can own that position through fatigue and then you want to load the movement right so it's competency capacity and load um are three of our big pillars of our program um and so you know just just making sure wherever you're whatever you're training for um don't fall for the snake oil stuff like the sport it's sports specific it's this it's that um just go in and get the basics down get really really good at the basics i feel like i feel like we've gotten away from that or maybe maybe not us per se but the the young athletes today i feel like they're mm-hmm. just just information overload from all the social media stuff you yeah. see all these like gimmicky things and you know you tend to get caught up in them like you said the snake oil uh, maybe that's part of the problem i don't know um, you see that too? hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Because the basics aren't flashy. It's not yeah. flashy to watch someone do a really good, you know, squat at a moderate weight. It's <laughs> not flashy to watch someone do a barbell bent over row. Yeah. It's not flashy to watch somebody doing lunges like, or glute ham raises or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like none of that stuff, it doesn't sell views. It doesn't sell likes. That's right. And yeah. so everybody wants to be standing on one leg on a BOSU ball, throwing a lacrosse ball against the wall and this, and it's like, <laughs> I mean, you know, to me, that stuff is fluff. Um, You know, I think I think there's, you know, the 80 20 concept, right? Like 80 percent of your results come from 20 percent of what you do. And so it's like, you know, you have to um, identify what what are you optimizing for? You want to be the best athlete you can possibly be? Well, then you need to do the basics. You need to do athletic movements. Um, You know, if you want to get faster, you got to sprint like all this other stuff where it's like, we'll get you faster by doing this, that, and the third. And it's like, if they're not sprinting, they're not going to get faster. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, there's a million ways to skin a cat, but ultimately, yeah. you know, one plus one equals two. And it has for a long time. Yeah. Fundamentals. I mean, there, there's just some basic principles of science that just haven't changed and never will. And like you said, correct. And they might not be the most flashy or the most exciting thing to watch or do, uh, but they're effective and they have been and will be forever. Um, let's kind of shift gears a little bit. Edge Leadership Academy. How how did that, this concept come to be? How did you get started with this? And what types of services? You mentioned some corporate leadership stuff, but go into a little bit more specifics about how you, as a strength coach, were able to build this business and and how you use it today. Right. So, yeah. So um, aside from being a strength coach, I also have a master's in sports psychology. So I got a double master's in sports psych and exercise science. Um, so I had a little bit of background in, in the psychology piece and then throughout my career, I just really took an interest in building leaders. I really took an interest in watching, um, culture. And I think part of that comes from my high school experience, honestly, because I didn't realize how special the culture I was a part of was until I got out of it. Right. And so, you know, I learned that. And then as I went through my career, I saw a lot of young men and young women stepping into leadership roles and doing really good jobs. And then I looked at myself too, and I'm like, okay, what are some of the things that I did right? I did wrong. Um, and then it all came full circle when I had a young man come in my office and he was the best player I've ever coached, honestly, one of the best athletes, um, but he was the best leader I've ever coached by a mile. It wasn't even close. 
And he came in and he said, Coach, I've been the best player on every team I've ever been on. And everybody's always telling me to lead. Nobody ever taught me how. And that was like the light bulb moment for me. Like that was like, oh, okay. So if he feels this way, how many other people feel this way? And then it was reflecting back on my own career. And I'm like, yeah, I guess nobody really taught me either. There's not a playbook to this. Um, And so that's where Edge was built from. Um, Originally, the whole concept was just to help athletes. The whole concept was just to teach coaches how to build leaders within their programs. And that's how it all started. And so I started putting out content and just free things that I knew to be true. You know, I had built leadership councils throughout my career. Um, I had worked with coaches on building culture. Obviously, in the weight room, you're building culture on a, on a daily basis. Um, and so then I went back to school and started working on my PhD. And it was kind of interesting because most people get the academic piece first and then they add the experience on top. I kind of reverse engineered it and had the experience first (laughs) and then got the academics behind it. But it was cool because I was able to anecdotally connect all these principles that I was learning and that I was studying about leadership in my PhD courses. I was able to connect them with anecdotes and stories and examples that I had seen play out. Um, and well, so that, it started that, to build. That's, I think that goes with anybody like in, you know, sport coaching, who is an athlete, mm-hmm. maybe even an athletic trainer or strength coach. You you're you're watching these things play out in real time and you might right. not be cognizant of it right at that moment. But your brain, you're storing this stuff in your memory bank and you're able to kind of pull it out later on. So when you're trying to develop your you know leadership academy, you're thinking and you're trying to develop like your your plan, your, your leadership skill set, like how you define all that, you're going back to all these things that you had in the past. So it makes sense. Exactly. So really what it was, was I, I started studying this and the PhDs are a little bit different because they allow you to focus on what you want to focus on right from the beginning. Right. They understand that there's a dissertation at the end of all this. So it all needs to culminate there. So I've been able to study leadership habits, high performance in that, in that environment since I started. right? Right. And so I immediately dove into, okay, what are the characteristics of successful leaders? And then what I did is I broke those out into like all their antecedents and the skills that came before that. And I really just broke it into this curriculum. And I'm like, okay, so this is kind of a step-by-step guide of how to build a leader. Now, is every leader going to be the same? No, obviously not. There's individuality, there's personality traits, there's experiences and values and things that play into it. Um, But I was able to build this curriculum that if followed – would allow people to build a leadership, what I call a leadership toolbox. And say, basically, we were working on the five key components of being a leader, which is character, consistency, commitment, creativity, and communication. Those were the five things that predicted leadership outcome, right? So if you have those five things, you're more likely to be a leader if you score high in those five categories. Then each of those has a bunch of skills that goes into them, et cetera. But we built this toolbox and we built this curriculum. So I started teaching the curriculum to athletes and one of my close friends, um, we ran into each other. We started talking and, and we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years. You know, we grew up together. We were really close growing up and I explained to him what I was doing. He had built a really big career in sales and was now like upper, upper echelon of, of the sales community in, in the country. And so he says to me, he's like, dude, this stuff would kill in the corporate world. And I'm like, Really, man, I'm just a strength coach. Like, I'm just, I'm just a coach with a PhD now. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not anything special, right? And he's like, no, I'm telling you, like, people would pay for this. Um, and as much as I love our college athletics community, 
it's not the most, uh, they're not very quick to part with their money. And so, you know, the business side was kind of interesting to me because I'm like, oh, does this mean I can impact more people? I can pay my bills, you know, more efficiently. And it allows me to still do the athletic stuff because I want to. Right. And so he launches the corporate side. And so he buys into the company. He becomes my business partner. And flash forward a couple of years, man, here we are. We travel the country now. Um, we have three legs to the business. So we still have our athletics leg, which is we do coaches academies where we coach the coaches. Um, we do on-campus leadership curriculums. We do a summer campus tour where we travel the country throughout the summer and do leadership seminars with coaches, with administrators, with players, whatever, um, whatever that campus or that university is looking for. And then in the middle, we have what we call our high performance network, which we we just rebranded it, the tribe. Uh, So that's like one-on-one coaching, whether it's leadership, performance, mindset, sales, all that stuff falls in there. Um, We have a mentorship program in there as well called the table. And then on the other side, we have our corporate, our corporate leadership, which is management training, uh, leadership curriculums, culture rebrands, culture building process, like culture building uh, workshops, keynote addresses, kind of all the the whole gamut, man, if it has to do with leadership or culture, we are involved in one way or another. Um, and it's, it's really become cool because it's allowed us to flip the, flip the mix of what our clients are. Right. So we're now 80% corporate, 20% athletics. And the cool part about that is the corporate kind of funds what we do athletically. Right. So like our coaches Academy, we're able to offer that every year for like, I think we did it last year for 25 bucks. Nice. Right. So we're able to to really give back to the athletic community because of what we do in the corporate space. Um, so it's been it's been really fun, man. It allows me to work with some of my best friends um, and continue to travel. And and now I'm I'm still coaching. It's just a different kind of coaching. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I might know um, somebody uh, who might you might be interested in talking to after the show. Sh- uh, Absolutely. Shameless self plug there. If you look up in the top. Uh, corner of the screen um, <laughs> that's my consulting business so uh, we'll talk about that later the uh, ilpo sports yeah uh, right there yeah okay anyway um i got a little off topic there but that's okay so um <laughs> love the concept you know there's always a good um segue from the world of athletics into the corporate world um various athletes that i've had on the show uh have all kind of made a successful transition off the field of play into corporate America in some capacity. Um, call it, you know, um, ambition, call it, you know, determination, but really what it comes down to is that whole athlete mindset, you know, um, and, and how sports can affect that and how sports can kind of mold you into a certain type of person and give you the characteristics that you need to succeed, not just on the playing field, but in the game of life. And, you and your company are a testament to that, and all the guests I've had on the show um, just reiterate all that too. So I mean, it's awesome to see uh, real life examples of how people can be successful um, in their sport, overcome injury, overcome setbacks in that world. And you know, at a, as a young person, you think there's no way. Like, if I can't play basketball or football as a professional, what what else can I do? Well, here's real life examples of how you can transition and make something of yourself and, and do some good. So awesome to hear. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to reach out to you, if they're looking to maybe work with Edge Leadership Academy, or, um, and I never really even got into your podcast, have I? Uh, the Built Not Born. 
why don't you talk a little bit about that first? Then we'll kind of talk about how they can get touched. In. Skip <laughs> yeah, right over. Yeah, I apologize. The, 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 the podcast <laughs> is uh, the podcast is fun, man. Podcast is the is the last arm of the business that that um, you know, again, is our way of giving back, right? And so, the big mission with that is to give people a peek behind the curtain of of elite performance, right? So we have uh, former NFL athletes, NFL head coaches. We have current NFL athletes. We have. Um, entrepreneurs, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs, business owners, things like that. Um, really elite guests. And we've been really lucky um, to get the people that we have on the show. And we've reached top 10% now globally in downloads. So we're doing really well with that. Uh, but it's really fun for me. It's an hour long conversation where we get the opportunity to ask these people, um, you know, how did they get to where they are? What, what was the process? What was the journey? What habits did you build? What mindset did you have? What problems did you overcome? And a a big part of it is to me, my way of, of giving people a shortcut, right? And, and when I say that, what I mean is I think when I first got into business and even when I first got into coaching, I remember going to this dinner, my first, first year in coaching, and I was with a bunch of master strength coaches, meaning they had 20 plus years in the field. Um, and I didn't ask any questions because I was intimidated, right? And I didn't know what to ask. And I think back then when I was an entrepreneur, I went to lunch with a bunch of really successful entrepreneurs and I had just started. And again, I didn't ask a lot of questions because I didn't know what to ask. And so the podcast is kind of my way of allowing people to let me be their mouthpiece. I'll ask the questions because I finally know what the right questions are, yeah. right? And so sometimes it's not just asking the questions, it's asking the right questions. And so that's my job now um, is to kind of walk through the hallway of people's lives and open the different doors and show people what's behind that, right? So it's been a really fun journey. Um, it, it's something we, we drop it every Wednesday. It's on Apple, on Apple, Spotify, all the all the, the uh, podcast platforms and all that. But yeah, that's something I really enjoy doing. It's something that we picked up early and then we put it down for a while. And and I said, no, nah, this this has to come back because it was helping people. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the big journey behind that. Cool. Yeah, hopefully the Injured List podcast is doing the same. That's the mission. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. <laughs> cool. Absolutely. That's the whole that's the whole plan. Yeah. So uh, so now let's kind of segue that into how we get in touch with you. So if people want to work with you, um, corporate America, sports, athletics, how do they find you? How do they reach out to you? Uh, what, what can you offer them? And Yeah. So simplest way to get in touch, simplest way to get in touch if you're looking to bring us in to work with your team or organization um, is edgeleadershipacademy.com. We have a booking button on there. It's probably on there five or six times. Just tap the button and and it'll ask for some contact info and it'll come straight to me. Um, You can also reach out to me directly. I'm super available to people. Um, I do not believe in having a huge team and hiding behind them. It's just not who I am. Maybe that's the coach in me. Um, I'm a relationship person. And so I'm always open to connecting with people. I answer calls and answer emails. Um, so it's dkitchen at Edge Leadership Academy is my uh, email. And then you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. I'm at Coach D Kitch. Um, and again, like I said, I'm, I'm always available to, to talk to people. And if you're interested in mentoring, if you're interested in the one-on-one coaching um, or bringing us into work with your team or organization, we can answer any of those questions. Uh, just get in touch with me and, and we'll be sure to send you the right people. And hopefully we can get in the doors and help you guys out. And I can vouch for the communication part because uh, I think we tried to record this on two other occasions and things weren't quite working out so well, but you were very <laughs> receptive and very responsive to my uh request to push this back even uh, multiple <laughs> times. So I appreciate that and I can vouch. So um, yeah, I appreciate that. 
Uh, David Kitchen, Coach Kitch, founder of Edge Leadership Academy, host of the Built Not Born podcast, former uh, football player for Susquehanna University, not Susquehanna, and um, a strength and conditioning coach, um, future possibly, past for sure, and maybe a little bit of present. <laughs> um, thanks for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you uh, joining us, and uh, your insight was great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, David Kitchen. Thank you.